allowing our attention also to receive the breath without trying or striving or struggling. Allowing the breath to rise and fall in its own rhythm. Whenever you find it helpful, making the silent mental notations of rising, falling, or in, out. Whenever any of the hindrances arise, sleepiness or sluggishness, restlessness, anger, or any of its different strands, the wanting mind, or any of its different strands, the doubting mind, No need to struggle with any one of them. Our only job is to experience them clearly. Noting them and noticing their impermanent nature. The primary antidote for each one of these is mindfulness itself. Remembering the antidotes that Sharon may have offered to you last night for each one of them. Whenever there is a sense of struggle with any one of the hindrances, remembering that you can go back to the breath or out to hearing in order to give oneself respite from the struggle. Coming back to the breath or hearing always as a new beginning. Remembering also that every moment we can begin again. A few days ago, I was asked about walking, pra- walking practice. So today I want to speak a little bit. I mentioned that 
the training that we're doing here is a training of attention, training the mind to be attentive to the present moment, insight practice. And any activity can be equally valid for training the mind, sitting, walking, the general activities throughout the day. <clears throat> the benefit of doing formal walking practice is that it sustains the continuity of mindfulness throughout the day when you just can't sit all day. And it's not necessary to try to sit all day or to sit particularly long sittings and walk a little. Practice requires a balance of energy and tranquility, mental and physical. And the walking practice of course, raises a lot of physical energy, but it also requires a lot of mental energy, in part because we are more active, and just the energy to restrain the senses or to guard the senses so that we're not drawn out by um, what we see, what we hear, and the, the activity that we see around us. That takes a lot of mental energy. The instructions that we have offered use as a primary object the sensations in the legs primarily as a primary object. And like the breath in the sitting practice, we use it as the anchor for our attention. So we find a place where we can walk, and it's helpful to, when you get to the place where you're going to do your formal walking practice, to stop and stand for a while and to really bring your attention, your intention, your determination to that place of a commitment to do the walking practice for the next 35, 40, 45 minutes, whatever it is, and to keep that commitment, to not just wander off if it gets boring or if you don't like it or if it's hard, but to really undertake that practice of doing that walking as seriously as you undertake the practice of sitting for the duration of the sitting when you come to the hall. And you don't just get up and walk out of the hall when, you know, it gets a little difficult or you get a little sleepy or you get a little bored. You work with it. Well, so too in the walking practice. It's a little boring. It's a little difficult. It's, you know, whatever. Work with it. That's the practice to bring our attention to that quality of experience that's difficult for whatever reason. So when you find your place, the walk, and then you start your walking practice, you can walk at any pace. 
there's no um, no greater holiness in walking slow than walking fast. If we can be attentive to the steps as we're walking fast, fine. If we can be attentive to the most microscopic, flickering sensations in the leg as we walk or crawl like a snail, fine. It's one moment of attention after another. What you are aware of is the walking practice at some degree of refinement. Fine. It does help, though, in the beginning to slow down, to, to, to make some adjustment from a, our usual hectic pace or mindless pace of rushing and to really bring our attention to the, to the movement of the legs. And then to using the movement, the sensations of the legs as a primary object, to come back to those sensations whenever the mind wanders away, or we get distracted, or we get bored, or we lose interest, or we get fascinated with something. And initially it might be a very anatomical experience. You know, you're really focusing on this muscle and that muscle and tendon and the joint and whatnot and placement and the shifting and and you really have a kind of a mechanical uh, model of uh, the anatomy that you're kind of overlaying on the experience. Well, that's okay in the beginning if it helps hold your attention there, but see if you can actually feel the sensations and let the anatomical map uh, fade or recede or just not be present and just stay with the uh, bare sensations of that walking. You can get extraordinarily concentrated walking. One of the teachers that many of us have had here, uh, an Indian woman, Deepama, the story goes, the first day that she went to do a retreat, she was given the walking instruction and she, you know, was doing her walking instruction slowly and, and um, at one point she was, you know, I don't know, maybe she had her eyes closed and trying to walk and she, could, she couldn't walk anymore. She couldn't, she couldn't lift her leg. And she did, you know, was trying to lift her leg and she couldn't do it. And, she turned around and she looked down, and a dog had bitten her leg and was trying to pull it <laughs> away. Wouldn't let her um, walk. She, uh, she was so concentrated, she didn't know dog, leg, bite, pain, ouch. It was sensations. Extraordinarily concentrated. Now some might say, well, wait a minute. You know, <laughs> if that's concentrated, I'm not interested. <laughs> well, <laughs> she also had tremendous insight developed from that uh, concentration. So, just as a, a practice, I want to give uh, two other walking instructions today that are helpful at different times in practice. And one is when you are, for example, going for a fast walk or a long walk 
and you don't want to just space out, but you want to use some sort of practice to keep yourself uh, focused or concentrated. You can do the staying with the sensations, but another walking practice that I was taught from um, or by a, a Burmese monk who did a lot of walking practice um, is a counting practice. And this is pure concentration for developing just steadiness of mind that just doesn't wander off. And the counting sequence goes like this. When you step off with either the left or the right, count one, two, three, four, five. And as you keep walking, keep counting, but starting one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The foot that you land on ten with should be the foot that you started one with the first time. <laughs> You'll know if you've been concentrated if it's so. It sounds so simple. And like all mindfulness instructions, it's extraordinarily difficult <laughs> to stay that present or that focused for, what is it, 30 steps or something. That's one. It can be fun. It can also be frustrating. But again, it's when you miss your sequence, when you're noting sequence, and you forget, which foot did I start on? Start over. You know, just come back, begin again. It's, and if you walk the loop and you really work with that practice, you'll be concentrated or more concentrated. A second walking practice that is helpful when, possibly when you're feeling really tight, you're feeling um, cut off, you're feeling really uh, maybe too inner, whatever that might be, uh, disconnected from your environment, is a walking practice using all of the senses. And again, it can be on a long walk uh, or a fast walk at any pace, or it can be in, in, a, in a walking uh, path, 10, 20, 30, 40 steps, whatever you're using. And in this walking practice, we're not paying attention to the uh, steps themselves, but we're walking at whatever pace we're walking. And as we walk, we direct our attention initially to seeing for a few seconds until you really connect with the fact of seeing. So a few seconds of seeing as you're stepping, 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 stepping. And then you direct your attention to hearing. You really tune into the sounds that you're hearing. And you're still stepping, 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 whatever pace you're going. And thirdly, you direct your attention to the experience of moving through space so that you really get a sense of um, things moving by you or that there is this uh, awareness moving through space. Stepping, 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 stepping. And you do that for a few seconds. And then the fourth... Um, area you direct your attention, is to the actual contact of the feet on the ground. Touch, 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 for a few steps. So you're walking, 
seeing, hearing, moving, touching, seeing, moving, hearing, moving, touching. So that's the, that noting sequence is the primary object. Of course, when you get distracted by something or you get lost in thought or you lose the sequence or you just spaced out, you get bored, you, you know, whatever, then come back and begin again. Stepping, 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 seeing, hearing, moving, touching. That's also fun. It's also difficult, <laughs> but it also helps to gather the mind or keep the mind from uh, being so drawn out and distracted. So, is there any, uh, any brief question about walking practice? The question is about using the primary object of any walking uh, continuously and really diligently as opposed to using a more choiceless um, awareness that includes the movement uh, and sensations of the walking. As in the sitting practice, when the momentum of mindfulness is easy or when it's naturally there or when it when there's a good momentum, you can't help but notice many other things. It's, it's, it's not a process of being so focused on your feet that you're never going to be aware of uh, other things, unless you're like Deepama. But <laughs> um, if your attention notices other experience, sight, sounds, uh, sensations of the weather and, uh, on the skin uh, or whatever, fine, notice that. If you are drawn into thinking about any of those things, well, that's thinking. And it's quite difficult, as you know, to be aware of thinking and not be uh, quite lost in it. So be really diligent. Are we just walking around thinking about what we're seeing, hearing, feeling, smelling? Or are we actually noting the thinking about what we have seen, heard, felt? So yes, you can be more choicelessly aware, but it requires 
as much diligence as choiceless awareness in, in the sitting practice also. Just one comment uh, that I remembered. Sometimes in the walking, uh, we get these ideas that walking slow, or some particular walking, is the right way. And so we, we, we get some agenda in our mind of this is the right way to walk. And so we try to walk that way. And it creates tension in the mind. We try to walk slow when we really have a lot of energy. And you know what that's like. You try to walk, you've got a lot of energy, or you're restless, and you're trying to walk slow to kind of control it. And you're just shaking, wobbling, you can't keep your balance. Just walk. Walk at a comfortable, reasonable pace, and just be mindful of that. To, to try to jam all of this physical or mental energy into a very minute observation of just these little particles of sensation. It's like putting a lid on a, on a I don't know, a, uh, something that's ready to explode. And you will. <laughs> you know, you'll really get frustrated and disappointed and, and uh, too over-amped. So... Chill out. Uh, relax. <laughs> Just take a walk. <laughs> but be attentive. <laughs> Gently. So, enough. Enough of walking. I have one announcement. 